Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of The Determined Mom Show. I am your host, Amanda Tento, and I have with me the amazing Louise Hopkin. She is a professional organizing coach, and today she's going to tell us how clearing clutter can help create space and allow for abundance. So welcome, Louise. Hey, Amanda. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm super excited to talk about my favorite object. Yes. <laughs> and who doesn't want more abundance? There's totally. no question. Right? No, for yeah. sure. And more space in your life and in yourself. And abundance just comes with it. So I'm excited to chat about it. So tell us how you became a professional organizing coach. It's a really cool story, actually. I like it. But I'm actually not a naturally organized person. So I think that firstly, people, what? How do you do this then? But that's where I've learned the skill, how to become organized and how to help others learn the tools and the strategies, right, to do it. But how I fell into it was I was, I've been an entrepreneur for a while. I had my own cafe in New Zealand, where I'm originally from. And I've always been restless. And I was in the corporate world in Alberta, Canada. And I was like, there's something, I need something now. So I was looking and I found someone advertising a home organizing business. I was like, what is that? I'm intrigued. I'm like, I'm going to find out. My husband laughed at me a little bit because he's like, you? Like, what? what? And I'm like, I don't know. There's something pulling me here. So I didn't buy that business. I decided I wanted to do it myself, explore it, use my own processes of things. So the more I worked with clients, I was like, okay, this is why I'm doing it because there's so much more to it. It's not just the tips and tricks. It's not just the things we see to make everything look perfect. It's what's lying behind it and the effects clutter has with us. So that's what I'm super passionate about, helping people understand why we're attached to stuff, where it's coming from. That is what I'm really excited about. And seeing people just, it's like this whole thing, this whole weight comes off them, right? when they realize and they can release themselves from their clutter. So that's how I fell into it. And so I decided I still go into people's homes, but coaching is helping them learn and teach those skills for themselves. So it's a lifetime skill because it's something we need all our life. (laughs) I did not grow up in an organized environment. I have, my mom loves to just collect things and buy things and keep things and even now she's collected all of the things from when I was little. And now she, now we have a house and it's a big house. We don't have, I don't consider it to be big enough to have room to, to keep things, right? right? But every time I come from her house, she gives me a box of something that she ca- that she kept. And I even have an anecdotal story of, I went through, I used to, I went to art school, interior design, and I had all these projects, like a huge portfolio full of projects of like things that I drew, things that I painted, designs that I did. And I went through that with my mom and I got rid of them. And I went to my sister's house the other day and my sister had them. And she was like, here, you have to take these home. And I'm like, I already got rid of those once. And she also has the same problem my mom has. And I'm like, oh my God. So I literally brought them home and threw them away. But I was just like, oh my God, no, I don't want to want this out, please. (laughs) And it's interesting because the more you see that stuff, it's harder to let go as well. Or sometimes it's, am I supposed to keep it? And that's where it's really interesting, that kind of psychological part behind it. Like I'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that, Don't have, but it's just listening to people and their stories, how they 
treat stuff as a security sometimes because it could be past things that have happened in their life or they're scared, right? Your mom might be scared that if I give this up, we're going to forget everything. We're going to forget all our amazing memories. So it's quite typical, right? With moms and their kids sometimes because we're so attached to everything they do. (laughs) And I find it a challenge personally because I have moved across the country twice. And so when we did that first one, I was like, I do not care about anything. Like pictures, yes. Artwork from the kids, maybe a little bit, depending on how good it is or how cute it was or whatever. But I do not care about anything else. Everything else can go. I don't want it. I can get a new one when we move. There's just no attachment to it. And coming from that hoarding, like upbringing is very hard to shift. It really is. No, and the more I dive into it and discover more things about it. So I've been to like conferences and I know people don't really like the word 40 and they get triggered by that, but it's, there's a, there's actually a whole association for it now. And it's really eye-opening what it is all about. And that's why I love passing that information and helping other clients understand it and helping them release because you're probably going to ask this question anyway, but I'll just kind of quickly say that if we have clutter around us, it's hard to focus, right? So it's hard to concentrate on things and actually bring in that abundance for us. So that's why I love talking about that and helping, helping us release from that clutter. So let's talk about what we're actually going to focus on today. How can we clear that? Like how do you have like maybe three, five, I don't know, 10 things that you can tell us that will just help <laughs> us to like release and say, okay, it is okay to let this go. Let's just go ahead and do it and then allow the energy or space, or I'm not sure exactly what you quantify that as, to let other things in that are bigger and better, right? Oh, totally. I had a ton of things, but what I like to talk about is, and I think that's so true, it's the energy that comes with it. Because if we paint a little quick picture, if you're in your home office and if you're working on your business... And as you have paperwork everywhere, you have your books everywhere, you have the home office has become a dumping ground and you've got things you need to take to donation, things you need to take back to that you bought that you want to return. Your whole brain is now just surrounded by all these to-do things, right? And you're now going in the back of your mind, okay, I need to do that. I need to do that. So now you can't focus, right? And then that energy becomes really heavy. You become feeling uh, guilty you become feeling sad and frustrated because you're like why can't I do this and so what I like to help or what I teach about I'll just quickly talk about the top six reasons and the reason why I'm quickly touching of this to help us to release clutter we need to do a little bit of work I know people are like okay I just want some quick tips and tricks we'll definitely get some strategies in there but what I want to focus on is so it doesn't keep coming back for you So what I talk about is the top six reasons we collect clutter is, so it's actually the reason is an acronym. So retail therapy, emotions, assigned time, sentimental, overwhelm, and no, can't say it. So when we can discover, and I know I just remember that real quickly, but if say retail therapy is one of the triggers for us, if we're having a tough day, we're not happy in our career, we're not happy in our life, we use retail therapy as a way to make us happy. So a really cool strategy for that one, what I talk about is use the, as you shop online, put something in the online cart 
walk away for 24 to 48 hours and then come back and see if you really still want it, if you really need it. I think this helps a lot of people because we're quite emotional at the time. And maybe you're like, I just want that new sweater because it'll make me feel really good. And it's a bargain. And another really good way to think about this is if it's on sale, you feel like you have to buy it. But what I want us to think about is that if you don't really need it, you'll always find it when you need that item, if that makes sense. You'll always be able to find something on sale, right? So don't feel that adrenaline rush. I have to get it. Because if you don't need it, you don't have space for it, then it just becomes clutter. The other one is if you want to, I can go through more than quickly. Would you think that? Yeah, it's great. So E is for emotions. So emotions, that's a really big one, right? For a lot of us, we can feel, we can hold on to things that are guilt. So say if your mom has bought gifts for your kids or something like that, or she's held on to a lot of your stuff. So that's a really good example, right? So you're now going to feel guilty and you're going to feel frustrated because you're like, I need this stuff. Thank you so much, mom. I love it. When you feel these emotions, we have to work through it. So a really neat thing we can do is use a post-it note strategy. So with a post-it note, if you have an area in your soul, or if you have, say, five or six objects that you're really struggling to let go, what you can do is you can actually write down the first feeling you've got. Write down how you're feeling, okay, and then put it on that item. And you'll notice there's a pattern here. You're going to walk away again for 24 hours or 48 hours, come back, and is that emotion still strong? And if it's a negative emotion, then you need to purge it because it's time to low energy, right? So you want to remove that and then it helps release all the things that have negative energy in them. Assigned time is where we need to actually make it a priority for decluttering and put it in our calendar and schedule it which I know people find it really hard because it's not fun. They don't like it. They don't want to face it. But then it piles up and piles up. So then what happens is it becomes even more of a challenge, right? If we don't assign that time. And when I talk about we could do just the 15 minutes, you can do that because you've made some decisions of what you're going to keep and not keep. That makes sense. Sorry, I know. No, it makes complete sense. <laughs> okay, awesome. And then sentimental, so I'll quickly go through. Sentimental is items like the china that you get handed down from family to family. You feel bad for breaking that cycle. And then we have overwhelm. So overwhelm is massive because they don't know where to start. And it's like, how do I look at all this? They, they don't, when you look at one area, say your home office, for example, what happens is then the brain starts going, oh my gosh, if I, because you've got other things in there, I need to start doing another area of my home. I need to start doing this. I need to do that. And so then everything just becomes this big cycle, right? And then, so with overwhelm, quickly, another really good strategy for that is to really break it down. This is a really good strategy, actually. I think it's one of my favorite ones, and I know a lot of us struggle with overwhelm. Break it down. So again, I'm going to use a home office as an example. So when you have the home office, if you're sitting here going, oh my gosh, my desktop is full of stuff, my drawers, my cupboards, everything. Write down and go, I'm going to do one drawer at a time and just go through one drawer one day if that's all you can have time for, right? And then write down a list and then tick it off as you go. Because then it's a tiny task, right? And it's so much easier to do. The other key here is when you have an item, you're like, I don't really know where to put it just yet. 
put it in a box and then deal with it once you have gone through the whole office. Because that way it's not stopping you because you'll get stopped and you'll get blocked because you're like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. I'm just going to shove it back in the drawer, close it, the drawer, right? That totally happens to me. That's why, that's literally why I'll start like going through something and then I'm like, oh no, I don't know about this. Let me just go do something else. Like it literally is like exactly that. You must be in my office or in my house. <laughs> and it happens to all of us. And that's the thing we've got to know. It's like, we're not alone in this. And that's why I hear it from so many women too. That's what happens is because it's like, you can't make a decision. So you automatically shut down and you're like, mm, I don't want to deal with this or I don't have time. And another, I think we see a lot of this um, in social media. We see it around, pull everything out, do it all at once. And then what happens is, oh, the doorbell rang. Got to go to an appointment or the kids are hungry. So what happens is it gets shoved back in, right? And you're like, oh. so it just, it's, it happens. And I think breaking it down into tiny tasks, like a quick example for that is on Saturday night, this is how signing my Saturday nights are. I spent 15 minutes going through my closet and I just made the decisions. I was like, okay, I got half a garbage bag full of clothes. So I feel better for that. It took me 15 minutes using my guidelines that I can, we can talk about a bit later if you want to. They're also good strategies too. And then the last one is, and no, can't say it. So when people are very kind, and this could be like your mom too, they give you stuff and you can't say no. And so you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have room for that. And then it comes back to you again. And you're just like, okay, I'll take it, but I don't want it. I don't have space for it. So when that happens, it's hard. And then we have neighbors or friends who are like, hey, my kids are finished with these toys. Do you want them? And you're like, not really, but I'll take them because I feel bad. But a really good way is to communicate and just say, you know what, thank you so much. I really appreciate you thought of me, but how about I take it to donation for you for somebody who could really use it? It's a tough one. I know it could be a little, but at least it's being honest and at least it's finding, creating those boundaries. So then hopefully it will carry on that way. So that's some strategies. Sorry, I could like. <laughs> oh, those are amazing. Honestly, like that. Those are absolutely amazing. And everything that you said, I can totally relate to. And I know my husband is more of a retail therapy person. I tend to like think about things for a few weeks before I buy it. <laughs> and then I'm like, I think we actually do need that. Or then, or I'll talk to him about it and say, okay, do we really need something like this? Do you think it would be good to have this? And then he'll tell me yes or no, like depending on the reason. But I am like such a non-impulse buyer, unless it's software from a business. Uh, yeah, it's the only thing. Yeah, like, I guess that. Worth order. <laughs> but other than that, like physical things, I'm like, I like painfully think about them for months and months, which is probably a whole nother issue. It's probably like the opposite. But it's good that you think about it though, right? And it's, it's it because I used to go either shopping with friends when I was younger and I'd walk away with nothing and I'd be like, what's wrong with me? I, when they would ask me to go shopping, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not interested. I don't want to do it. It's just interesting. And then some people use it as a feel good because they're having a tough time or something. But that's good that you choose wise. And I like hate shopping. So that's probably why too. Oh, like it why? That idea of going into a store, looking at stuff like, oh, no. It's overwhelming. I'd rather be at home by myself. What are you talking about? I don't <laughs> a store full of stuff and people. <laughs> I totally get that as well. Yeah. Maybe where the odd ones are. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so I think that's, so that's when we are able to really focus and change the way we talk about our clutter. 
And that's another thing is we tend to hear that word clutter and it automatically triggers this anxiety and it's like, it's a bad thing. And what I want us to do is change that narrative. Clutter's a good thing. It just depends how we can control it. And so clutter is a good thing because it tells us who we are, tells us where we've been, how we've transitioned in life, that we have kids. I think that's super important to realize that there's going to be clutter with kids. But when we can get hold of, say, those top six reasons, usually one or two will really stand out for people because people are like, but Louise, I think I could do actually all three or four of them. I'm like, yep, totally. But we need to concentrate on one at a time. And that way it helps prevent the clutter coming in and it helps prevent it building up. So that's what I really love about that part of it. So changing that narrative and like just saying clutter is who we are. Perhaps if you're an emotional person, you have a stronger attachment to your stuff than others. It's not a bad thing. It's just something we need to look into and understand. So hopefully that makes sense. I love that too, because I feel like you're giving permission, giving us as human beings permission to say, it's okay if I have clutter. It's not like a bad thing. And that's, I think... A huge kind of revelation right there in itself. But you're also saying like, it's just part of your emotional attachment. You may be more attached to things. Everybody's different. It's okay. And I love that you're saying these things because it's really important, especially for us as moms, because we do tend to get more sentimental about the kids stuff. Like my, one of my biggest hangups with the kids is their clothes. Like when they have like their daycare t-shirt from the priest this preschool or that preschool or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I can't throw that away. That's from when she went to this preschool or that. My biggest hang up or like baby clothes when they have this one thing and you took a lot of pictures in this outfit or something and it just triggers something, you know, about them being a baby. Those are the things that like I get hung up on. Yes, that's actually, that's a really good one that you brought that up because that I have a really good strategy for that. And it happens to all us as moms because it's tough. And I do it too, because like you said, I still have my son's outfit from when he came home from the hospital. What I talk about for that one is guidelines. And so when we can do guidelines, so talking about that situation in particular is let's limit things. So let's put a guideline in. I'm only allowed one bin per child for sentimental. And that way, it really helps you stop and think, it's, okay, what really is a, an amazing memory that I want? And how I did it for me was uh, my son's outfit coming home from the hospital. It's so pretty. And now he's taller than me. And right. So it's, that's cool. And his little shoes, the shawl that fell apart that his grandma made for him, just a little piece of it. So for me, that's how I decided to keep things. And then little bits on the way. But they only fit in this one bin and that's all I can take and keep. Now, how big and is the bin? This is what I... That's a good question. I think I'm imagining big. like a big, you know, those big bins you can get your person inside. <laughs> good point. There's another guideline. So the bin should fit on the shelf. Okay. <laughs> that's a good point. That I should do. I should be saying that. So something that fits on the shelf and do it one per child. And that way it's stored nicely. It has their, you can make it look good. You can put their name on it. You can put pictures, something like that. The kid, and another way to do that too, is to revisit it every year. Because obviously they do different memories, right? As they grow and you might chuck it in a hold bin, if that makes sense. Then you go through their actual sentimental bin 
and then go, okay, this can go now. I need to make room for this because this is something really important to me. So I think guidelines, what guidelines help us do is take away those brain fuzzies. So what I said, brain fuzzies is we're making so many decisions and it's, and what happens is we tend to go around and around in circles. So, but this was really great. I love this memory. It's so cool. It's so cute. But if you say, okay, but it doesn't fit in the bin. Okay. Now I need to really make a tough decision. And then that guideline will really help. And the guidelines actually work for a lot of things. So it could work for clothes. If you, I don't know if you've heard of the one in one out rule. So a lot of people hear that, but then it's a good guideline because it's like, okay, I'm going to go buy something. Then something needs to come out of my closet. If you have, if it's similar to something else. So having this, they really help, right? They so help take away that when we get stuck and we're like, I don't know what to do. And it's, and take away that, what if I need it someday? I paid the money for it. That kind of thing. When we start having those conversations, we want to try and shut it down a little bit and then just say, okay, this doesn't fit into my guideline. It's an interesting way to do it. I love all of these tips. I think <laughs> if we can all follow these, then our lives will be a lot more peaceful and happier. And I find that when, like you were talking about that 15 minutes that you spent the other night going through your closet, and I find that when I do something like that, then I get even more productive in another area or something. Just, I don't know, is it dopamine? I'm not sure exactly what's going on there, but yes. it's literally something in your brain. It triggers something in your brain. I just organize something. What else can I organize or what else can I get done? Like it just makes you want to continue to get those different wins and that feeling again, right? Yeah, totally. And that's why I say to people, 15 minutes, usually they do longer. But when you say 15 minutes, you're getting past another block. It's I don't have an hour to do this. But if I just do 15 minutes, then I can, and usually you'll carry on. If not, that's totally great too. And I think that's really an eye opener for people because like you said, it's the endorphins and it's also, it's like, you feel proud. It's like, I just did it. And that's exactly. a good feeling and you're excited. And it looks like, maybe I can do something else really cool. Maybe yeah. eventually my house will look amazing. <laughs> and that's the interesting thing too, is I think a lot of us think if I just do this, it's going to stay this way. And that's the reason why I help us change our mindset too, because clutter is here for life. We're always going to have stuff. We're always going to have things coming in. And this is where we can create that flow in our home. And it allows for that abundance because we are continually moving things through our house. We're continually rotating that clutter and keeping stuff that is relevant for us and stuff that we love. And that's where, you know, we're feeling this flow and then that helps the abundance come into our life and in our business and money and everything. Relationships even too, right? Because if we're stuck and we're in unhappy relationships and if we don't do something about that, then we just feel really tight and really weighed down. So I love that. I think everything that you've said has given us a lot of A, motivation. Um, okay. And B, it's really affirming some things that I kind of already felt, but maybe if I can get my mom and my sister to listen to this podcast, it would help them too. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah, sure. <laughs> my mom doesn't even know what a podcast is, but if I can get them to, that would be great because it's just, yes, some clutter is okay. There are some things like you just don't need them. Like just let them go. There's no, and I always tell my mom, 
I don't want to have to clean up all of this stuff. You don't need all of this stuff. I don't need all of this stuff. Nobody needs all of this stuff after you're gone. Yeah. There are certain things that, yes, we'll want, but all of this random stuff, we definitely don't need it. Yes, exactly. And it doesn't have the same meaning. And that's why people get really concerned because they they get upset because they think you should have the same feelings about it as they do. But it's different feelings and emotions for everybody and memories and things. And that's when it's it's hard for a child to say to their parents, it doesn't mean anything to me. This was your life. And I'm sorry. That's it's like when the, I don't know if you've heard of the Swedish death cleaning method. It's a really, it's a great book. And I've talked about it before too. And it's, anyway, the kind of digress. But with that one, it's actually really preparing. And if anybody has parents that are in that kind of stage, it's helping them realize that they need to release their stuff because I know a lot of us have parents that have a ton of stuff freaking out or they're worried that they're going to have to deal with it. So it's interesting. So I really like that. <laughs> I find it also interesting where like the nature versus nurture. Um, we both grow up in the same household with the same set of circumstances. And my sister has a son who's almost 30 and a daughter in her mid-20s. And so they have completely opposite mindsets. Like he's very sentimental. He wants to hold on to everything. He like loves things and he's attached to things. She gets rid of everything. And it's like, it's just that like, what in the world causes this? Is it nature or is it like how we treat them, how we're treated? It's such an interesting paradigm to see that you can come from the same place, have totally different standards and emotional attachments to things. Yes, totally. And just briefly on that, it is, some of us, it is past traumas in our life. So it's what's happened. It can be, and this is why it's going to dive into it at their life. And maybe it is what they have been models in their life. It also could be just who they are. They could naturally be an empath. They could naturally be someone who's, okay, I'm done and dusted with that. That's it. I'm moving on. It's our personalities. And when we don't acknowledge it or can't get control of it, and when we start feeling like everything needs to be kept because that's who I am, it's their security, that's when it's really hard. So that's why doing a little bit of diving into your background, who you are naturally. And another thing I talk about is organizing and decluttering to your strengths, which is like your processing modalities. So when we do that, it's based on if you're a visual person, if you're kinesthetic, if you're um, auditory, <laughs> to think about that. There's quite a few of them. So if we can choose the ones that stand out the most for you, then we can help figure out the best way to declutter, the best way to organize based on that. So it becomes natural. And this is something I'd really like to be intuitive with our organizing and people are like, but I can't do that. How do I do that? But what happens is when you clear the clutter and you're able to focus and you're able to actually really feel that energy then you have time to be intuitive because you're like, this is what works for me, not what I should be doing, what we see all over social media, right? It's like, you should be folding clothes. No, you don't have to if it doesn't work for you. I don't fold clothes because I'm terrible at it and I'm impatient, right? So I hang all my clothes because it's just easier for me. Most of them, right? Not me. Sweatpants and things like that. But following what they say they should be doing on social media, it just can be really damaging to us because we can't do it. So we get frustrated and go all those feelings again. I love that's part of your process, your coaching process, because helping 
all of us understand who we are intrinsically, I think will help us just make things easier and just accept the things that we need to accept and then change the things that we need to change. So I yeah. love that. And I love that that's part of what you do. Probably one of the first parts, I'm assuming, of what you yeah. do is to dive into that person and figure out what's going to work for them and what's not going to work for them. So I love that. Where can people find out more about working with you? Sure. So I have my website, thespacereclaimers.ca, also on Instagram as thespacereclaimers. And on my website, actually, I should say there's a quiz that you can do too, which is very cool because it helps you discover your clutter cure. So probably the best places is a website and actually Facebook as well as the Space Reclaimers. I love it. So where is the best place? Do you hang out on social media anywhere? I should ask that first. I do it. Yeah. So I am on Instagram and I am on Facebook. I do have just on Facebook, but I have a podcast as well. It's Inspiring Calm Podcast. There's a few more than I thought. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yeah. So we have lots of ways to connect with you. Lots of yeah. ways that we can figure out how we can work with you. So I appreciate you being here and sharing your wisdom with us and sharing all of these amazing tips on Flutter, creating space, abundance, all of these things, they all go hand in hand. And I love that you brought your expertise here. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I'm super excited to share, passionate about it. So hope that helps everybody. It does. Thank you so much, Louise. Thank you. Let's face it, piecing together a marketing plan with the things you hear, watch, or read online while tempting is never a good idea. The truth is people don't search on social media for your services. And even if they do, they will still be going to Google to check your ratings. By not having a cohesive, proven marketing system, you are leaking clients and customers through giant holes in your customer acquisition bucket. But let's talk about what else isn't working. Posting tirelessly on social media, tracking followers as a business metric for success, paying for ineffective marketing, buying glossy ads in coupon magazines, spending time replying to comments, paying others to manage your social media with no actual sales coming in. So what is going to work? Having a proven marketing system in place will plug every hole in your bucket and allow you to begin to fill up with new customers and to also retain and nurture your current ones. Go to tdm-marketing forward slash six dash marketing dash musts and download our free guide to six marketing musts guaranteed to get you more customers.